listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. A podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing. Educating. Empowering. Improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. In today's episode, building your insurance business involves wearing many hats and learning new skills and Those roles and tasks that are not related to selling, well, sometimes they are better off being handed to someone else to handle. Who happens to be an expert in that area? Now, joining me today is the founder of one of those types of services. We've mentioned the company here on the podcast before, Agent Methods. Joining me here today is the founder of Agent Methods, Aaron Cassover. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. One thing we talk about a lot here on the podcast is the fact that most of us did not plan to get into the insurance business. We either fell into it, happened upon it, or had this journey to get to this point. So I'm curious, what path led you to where you are today? Yeah, that's. I think that's a good question for all of us in this industry. Some of us, you know, it's it's multi generation, and I'm always impressed to see families working together. In my case, nobody in my family works in this industry. I started out as a consultant working with insurance carriers, actually all kinds of companies. I was helping them with their website, online marketing, those sorts of things, and I got one insurance company as a client. It was actually CNA Insurance, and mm-hmm. what always happens is you get one client, and then somebody leaves. And takes you with them. It happens again. And so I went from CNA, I was working with Allstate, Combined Insurance, Humana. I woke up one day and all of my clients were insurance companies. I didn't really plan it, but that's kind of where I landed. And in looking at the work I was doing with the insurance carriers, I started to ask questions about how they were helping their agents and learned that the tools that they had available to themselves, that these, these companies were using, the, the technology, the expertise, they weren't really making it available to agents. So that was sort of what triggered this thought in my mind that you know, there's a need right now mm-hmm. to, to help agents modernize their business. This was in 2008. We launched in 2009. So okay. it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. But that need has just gotten bigger. It hasn't gotten smaller. Right. We've only gotten more and more online as time has gone on. And certainly from a point of Yes, we have websites now, but it's not even just having a website. It's all the other bells and whistles that kind of go along with it. You mentioned that's how you got into the industry. How did Mm -hmm. Agent Methods really get its start out of that? You said you saw that need. Yeah, I, I saw that need and I talked to somebody I knew through that work who had a channel of agents and I asked them, you know, if if we built this, would you think you'd need it? And he said, Can we set up a call tomorrow with my entire team? And, you know, sort of a resounding yes. And so we launched in 2009. We did a webinar with a group of about 50 agents and, and had a bunch of them sign up right away. Oh, wow. So That's that sort, of, that sort of proved the industry. I I was, I did get a license myself. And so okay. I have had an insurance license. And that came out of, again, work with the insurance companies mm-hmm. because I wanted to kind of get to know what they're doing better. And I also had one of them approach me and say, we want to start selling online. And we need to have an agent number with these sales. Yeah. And so can you go, to, go get a license and become that agent? Which was interesting, kind of strange, because they had mm-hmm. so many agents already, but it was interesting. And, and so, so because of that, and I think we all understand that when you have an insurance license, 
suddenly all of your family has questions about insurance. <laughs> and so what really kind of brought home the importance of the agent to me about the role that, that makes agents so critical and why going direct to a carrier or to cutting out the agent mm-hmm. is a bad thing. I was at my dad's house for Thanksgiving and it was Thanksgiving dinner. Whole family's there. I've got my kids, my wife, my mm-hmm. siblings and their families. And in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, my dad turns to me and says, hey, Aaron, I have a question. And he, he pulled out a letter he'd gotten from an insurance company. And it was a long-term care policy and he'd gotten a rate change, which happens. Yeah. And so in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, he's like, Aaron, I have this thing going on. They're changing my rates. They give me a couple options. I'm really stressed out about it. What should I do? And I looked at him like, dad, this is why you have an agent. It's so that you can have Thanksgiving dinner with your family and you can talk about the grandkids and not <laughs> worry about this stuff. Right, right. So, so I think about how many Thanksgiving dinners have been have been saved because of independent agents being there to answer these questions. It's a service that is really important. The risk of getting this wrong if you go without somebody's help is really huge. If you canceled this policy, that would be devastating. Or right. if you even made the wrong decision, if you got too scared by the rate change, you know that could have really big impacts on his his long term finances. And so having somebody who knows this, who thinks about it, and knows him. You can't replace that. Right. No, no technology is going to replace that. And so that's Absolutely. what made me kind of this this huge champion of agents. I know that when I got into the industry myself, that was one of the things you're looking for stability, all of that. But I also really was looking for a job where you're doing something that matters. And I think that mm-hmm. is one of the coolest things about working in the insurance industry is that you can feel good about what you do. You can feel good about the fact that you're actually helping people. No, I might not be selling that policy directly, but if I am in any way educating agents so that they can sell that policy Mm -hmm. and that gives someone peace of mind or the ability to have that Thanksgiving dinner that they enjoy rather than having it be a stressful time, you know, that is to be able to provide that for one person is worth it. So absolutely, I can definitely relate to that. So we kind of talked about how your business got started. What exactly does Agent Methods offer for insurance agents? Let's talk about some of the products that you guys offer to agents. Yeah, so so our goal is to, to make those same tools and technology that the carriers have available to agents to help them bring their businesses online and mm-hmm. to grow sales online. And so the first thing that we launched and kind of our core product is a website platform. It's a website builder, it's content, it's all the support, all the tools, all the pieces that you need to launch and run a successful online presence. Okay. We know that agents are not designers and and not techies. And so we don't want to make it hard Mm -hmm. and we don't want to have you spin your wheels doing things that aren't really what matters. And so we've been able to build all those pieces, having been doing this for 13 years now, We've learned a lot about what it takes to be successful, and we've baked all that into our platform. So I sort of think it's like bowling with the bumpers up in the gutters. Okay. You you can't mess up. You can't break anything. You can't not get the ball down to the pins. Well, we like that because that, I think, is the biggest thing that, you know, we're all scared of with a new experience. You know, we don't want to mess it up. And that I can definitely see agents relating to that. Yes. So after we launched that, we then started to look at what else agents need. Mm-hmm. And and we know that this is sort of, it's a get rich slowly business. You don't get rich in six months. You build your business consistently over time. Right. And what makes insurance a great business to be in is building up that book of business, building up relationships, 
having clients stay with you, having clients renew, buy more policies, and mm-hmm. then start to refer their friends and family to you. We've been looking at ways to use technology to help agents do that. So we've created a bunch of relationship management tools that help agents automate some of that interaction with their customers, okay. cross-marketing tools, retention tools to make it easier for agents to keep their business, to snowball the, the customer base right. and, and make that long-term success happen faster. Right. That's actually one thing that we try to stress a lot that, you know, this is not an overnight success type of business. You're not, I don't want to say that you're not looking at it as a job because it is a job, but it is more of a career. It is something that when you're getting into it, you kind of are getting into it for the long term. As you were talking about those websites, I think of that as being one of those things that really is outside of the wheelhouse of a Mm. typical insurance agent. Because I know I've struggled just with setting up blogs in the past, trying Mm -hmm. to take those from, you know, a platform there and buying my own domain and making that look the way I want it to look. What does that process look like on your end? Can you kind of walk me through the process of the website build? Yeah. So one of our one of our core values is empowerment. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to empower, you know, ourselves, our team, our customers okay. to be able to use things they couldn't use otherwise to mm-hmm. kind of gain a new ability. And so websites is definitely, you know, very much a part of that. It's mm-hmm. we see ourselves as a done with you service. And I very strongly believe that your website is not a separate extension of your business that you put on a shelf, you launch and you you have separate it needs to be really integrated and core to your business. Okay. And and so we we have a support team. We have a live onboarding process where we work with agents over the course of about two weeks to get everything set up okay. to get their website built. It's a really fast, really easy, really low stress process. But our secret mission is to help agents learn how to go in there and, and you know roll their sleeves up and do mm-hmm. things themselves. And I promise you, it really is easy. If you can send an email, you can do this. Okay. And the reason why is not because we're lazy and we don't want to do it. The reason why is because we know that it really is easier to go and make a change to your site on our platform than it is to reach out to us and ask us to do it. Mm-hmm. And we know that agents that start to make those changes, their website becomes more part of their business. It becomes more reflective of what they're doing right now. And they think of it as not just the separate thing that's you know, kind of far from the distance that maybe brings in leads if they're lucky but is really something that they have woven into their day-to-day interactions. And that is really critical because when we look at how customers buy today, when we look at the insurance customer, their behavior Mm -hmm. is really different than it was five years ago. Yeah. And so GE Capital did a study where they looked at how people buy things and they found that 81% of shoppers go online to do some research before making a purchase. So Mm -hmm. the vast majority of people. Right. And the the truth is that's, you know, that's for something that's not true. If you're buying toilet paper, you're not going online to do research first. You just go buy it. (laughs) But if it's a complicated thing, but something that you are not familiar with, if you're not an expert in, you're probably going to go online and and do some research first. We know this about buying a car. You don't go to the dealer anymore and say, hey, what kind of cars do you have? Right. You go to to the dealer and you know, you know what car you want. You know the trims, you know the colors of the seats, Mm -hmm. you know the options. You're just going there to talk price and make the deal happen. Right. The same thing is happening with with insurance, where consumers want to educate themselves. They want to go and learn. They want to go and see products, see prices, see options. Mm-hmm. But because the risk of getting it wrong is really big, they still want to then reach out to you, the agent, and get help in finalizing the purchase to make sure they're not making a mistake, to get those final questions answered, and to go through that. And so allowing customers to weave online and offline to to 
have the same experience online they do offline, to have the same access to information online as they do offline, to have the same level of professionalism online as they do offline is what makes this successful. I like that a lot because I think what you're saying with what you guys are doing, you're kind of meeting that need, meeting that customer where they are. And that's really what you want to do as an insurance agent. You know, you want to have the website there for that client to find when they're searching for you, but then also kind of have that back and forth that they can get the level of information on your site that they're also getting when they call in and talk with you and kind of that reassurance that, you know, I'm buying the right thing for my needs right now. Right. So getting back to kind of the process of building the website and how you mentioned that you try to, the idea is empowering agents. We love that because that's one of our kind of core things that we try to do here on the podcast is, you know, teach and and help agents to be able to learn. As far as empowering them to learn something new, it almost sounds to me like you're really bringing them into the more modern era of this is how we do business today. Yeah. And how do you kind of go about reassuring them of those fears that, you know, that their their site is going to look professional, that they're going to mm-hmm. be able to actually learn these things. And, you know, in so many months that they're going to feel comfortable doing these new processes. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that is is built into our platform because we okay. we are a software company. We've built the platform that runs our websites. It's it's not a platform that's used by dog walkers and cake bakers and anybody. It's only for independent insurance agents. Okay. So the design is all the way it works is is built around the needs of agents. Mm-hmm. And and so because of that, you're not going to find things you don't need. You're not going to find a bunch of stuff that has to be customized and configured. The pieces are there. Mm-hmm. And we do we do have live US-based support. You know, we do lots of calls, screen shares. We're there. We're not just leaving people out to figure it out themselves. We're there. Right, uh, right. About half of our team is or has been a licensed agent. Okay. And, and so we're familiar with the business. And so, you know, if an agent goes and hires a web designer, they have to explain the world of insurance. Right. And and even there, you know, that could be very risky. There's there's lots of things, as we know, with with Medicare compliance that that we can't do. You know, you can't say I'm a Medicare expert. Right. You know, you can say I'm a dog expert if you're a dog walker. You can't say <laughs> Medicare. Expert. And so, you know, having a team that's familiar with that to help you, I think, is a big part of that. Of course, right. our favorite moment. I talked to our support team. The things they love most are when they're working with an agent who starts out saying, you know what, I'm not techie. I don't like this. This is not my stuff. And over the course of a couple of calls, suddenly, you know, they hear, hey, can I take over? Can you get out of the way? You know, hand me the mouse. Can I let me go play with this? And and seeing that happen is because we know it. it's absolutely possible Mm -hmm. um, is, is such a satisfying thing for us, because then we know that we really are giving out new superpowers, that we're extending people's abilities and we're, we're doing it in a way that's, you know, it's not risky. You're not going to break anything. You're not going to get hurt. You know, it's a safe thing to do. Right. And, and we love it. Absolutely. That has to feel so rewarding that not only are you helping them to create this thing that they, you know, obviously it's your service. You feel passionate about it. You know that they need it, but you're also at the same time, you're giving them that knowledge base and just that feeling that, hey, I can do this and that they really do feel, like you said, empowered by by the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned that little bit about compliance there, because I was actually going to mention that that is something that, you know, we have to think about here, that yeah. 
Yes. We, we need to make sure that we are following those CMS requirements. Mm-hmm. Talking through some of, I heard some of the other services that you kind of mentioned. What does agent methods offer in the way of marketing your business, sure. your insurance business beyond just the website? Sure. So I was talking about retention, relationships, mm-hmm. increasing renewals. And the way that we do that is by giving agents technology to automate some outreach and, and touch points with customers. We okay. we automate about 350 touch points per year with oh, wow. your customers, which is a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Now, now, fortunately, it's not all, you know, it's not, it's not like we're emailing our customers twice a day, every day. We don't do it in a way that's overbearing and annoying. Um, we, we, we use social media. We manage Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter accounts for agents. And we do okay. at least one post, sometimes two, every business day. Okay. That's, you know, it's content that it's not sales content. It's mm-hmm. content that's designed to get your audience to lean in to pay attention and to think, hey, this agent is adding value to my life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're giving me things, they're sharing things that I care about, that right. are relevant to me, they're aligned with my needs. Mm-hmm. And so this is somebody who understands me. So we use social media. We do a monthly email newsletter. So once a month, we send out a newsletter on okay. behalf of our agents. And we've just been kind of cool where we, because we are a partner with Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, we're able to get data back on mm-hmm. the clicks that that agent's audience is engaging. So we can mm-hmm. look at every agent and see, you know, some agents have customer bases that are all about you know, lifestyle. They like gardening content. They like holiday recipes. Other mm-hmm. agents have clients that are really analytical and they want to see about interest rates and the economy. And so we're able to track the kinds of content that that your audience responds best to. That's and cool. then we personalize our newsletters that go out. So our emails and newsletters are personalized around what your audience engages in. Okay. And and so that means they get opened. So they have sky right. high open rates because it's stuff that your customers care about. And it comes from you. And so that again, that aligns you with their needs, their interests. You're you're making them better, smarter, more engaged, which makes them feel like you're aligned with with what they need. Right. That's that's our newsletter. And then we have cross-marketing email campaigns. Okay. And I say cross-marketing, it's that's mm-hmm. a really important reason because a lot of people think about email as this like mass marketing channel where you can just blast out email. You can go buy a list of 60,000 people who turned 65 in the last three months and just and send them an all email and, and you hope you get do a couple that, of but it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. You can do that. You should not do that. We know that this is a complex product. This selling insurance requires trust from your customers. They have to trust you. And if they get an email from you and they don't know who you are, they don't know why they got it. At best, they're going to say, you know, delete. At worst, they're going to say, who is this scammer? This is spam. And they're going to click on the on the spam button. And pretty soon, you'll lose the ability to send email. Right. So so that mass broadcast, that doesn't work. You know, it's not effective. Brute force with emails is not effective. What is effective is building on those relationships you have. Mm-hmm. And even with a very small list, you can have a list of 50 or 100 people. You can see really, really great results if they know who you are. And so that's where you want to market to, you know, people who are going to recognize your name. So we think Mm -hmm. of that as cross-marketing. And so going back to your audience and educating them on other things they might need, other risks they may be exposed to, products that, you know, may fill a gap they have, and even things like how to use the products they have, Mm -hmm. uh, what to do if they have questions, post-sale stuff, requests for referrals, those sorts of email campaigns we have built into our system. So you can just really just go in and pick and say, you know, okay, 
AEP just ended. I want to send out an email about if you have questions about your policy and you want to make sure that you really know all the benefits you get, you call me and you can launch that email off to your customer base. That's that's a great thing to do because we know that during OEP, they're going to get bombarded with messages about all the things you know they supposedly don't have. Right. You don't want them calling the internet number, you want them to call you. And so getting that email in their inbox right. is critical. So all those things are on our platform. And then we also have a, a scheduling automation system. We call it Scheduler that we built for, we built it specifically for AEP, but okay. we can use it year round. And so what it does is it, it automates scheduling appointments for you. And so okay. if you have customers you know, coming into AEP that you know you need to meet with, mm-hmm. you know, they're Medicare Advantage customers, maybe they're on the wrong plan or their carrier rates have changed or you know they need to do a review, you upload the list of those customers into our scheduling system. We then reach out to them and book appointments with them. And okay. so we integrate with all the major calendaring systems. So it shows up in your calendar. We're not going to double book you. We know mm-hmm. when you're busy. So that's not a concern. And then we also capture a scope, e-sign scope of appointment at that time so that okay. when the appointment's booked, the scope's done so that you don't have to go and get it later. Now, if you have a scope system you love, you can you can keep that. Okay. Um, but we have a built-in if you want to use it. Gotcha. All right. So those were a couple marketing efforts and things that you guys offer. Is there a particular one beyond what you mentioned that you really enjoy using for your business? So we, I mean, we are not an insurance agency. So, you know, what we do, you know, our business is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but I know the power of email marketing and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I will do an email out to our customer base about cross-marketing to come to a webinar about cross-marketing. And I'll say, you know, all of you came here Mm -hmm. because of the exact same things that we do. And so I love the power of email. I think that nothing beats it as a as a really cost-effective way to make things happen fast. Over and over again, I hear stories from our agents about you know, how quickly they've been able to see success. You know, they, they get contracted to sell a new product. And it used to be like you get a new product and maybe you have one customer in mind. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of have to go and drum up business. And it could take weeks or months to find right. those customers. With email, you know, we, we've seen customers. I talked to one who just started selling critical illness. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, he's like, okay, I've got some products to sell. We set up an email to go out Tuesday morning. And he had 197 contacts on his list. So it wasn't a huge list. Right. Tuesday evening, he had 14 sales appointments scheduled. That's so great. 24 yeah. hours after getting these new products, he was already meeting with customers and making sales. Yeah, that's one outreach. <laughs> yes, that's, that's one outreach. Exactly. That's one outreach. pretty powerful. Yeah. Okay, well, other than, you know, email, let's kind of flip it to the social media sphere. That's one Mm -hmm. of the things that we also like to talk about a lot here on the podcast. Uh, Personally, my favorite is Instagram. I know that makes me slightly old school as far as, you know, the the kids these days. Uh, uh, Um, Is young school TikTok? I think so. I think that's I think that's where where everybody is these days. But what is what's your favorite social media platform and what makes you log on? Oh, I like Reddit because it's discussions. Okay. And I see, you know, it's it's more of a conversation mm-hmm. than than um, other social media. I like I like Instagram. I got banned from Instagram. That's horrible. Yes. Oh my goodness. I woke up one day and I, I my account was shut down and they won't tell me why. And I guess that's, you know, that's how it goes. I was not doing anything wrong. Hmm. Um, I had a couple travel photos, probably 10 travel photos over the years I'd posted on there. Um, Interesting. So maybe my account was hacked. I don't know. They won't tell me. 
It almost sounds like it is. And I know that for some of the more popular cases that like I've heard on different podcast episodes, it almost seems like you have to, oddly enough, tweet at the right people in order to kind of get discussion mm-hmm. going or even get something to sort of happen when you've been locked out like that. So I am so sorry that that happened to you. But uh, Reddit is great. And I feel like we don't always talk about that as much. I know if I am looking for the answer to anything, internet forums have always been my go-to because mm-hmm. somebody in a forum somewhere knows and the forum of you know everything happening on the internet really is Reddit. So yes. that's definitely interesting. And I know that you can kind of flex your expertise a little bit on Reddit as well, because just like we go there to have our questions answered, mm-hmm. you can also answer those questions as the expert on Reddit. So it's kind of a great way to also get some of those, you know, backlinks and get that reputation building kind of side of of the internet going for yourself and for your business. Yeah. So. No matter what you're interested in. There's yeah. a Reddit forum on it. No matter oh. what you're focusing on, somebody's on Reddit talking about it. So it's yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting place to be. You got to be careful. There there are yes. some there are some rabbit <laughs> holes there to be to, yeah, to fall there, down, but there uh, are some yeah. dark corners and and you can't believe everything you read on the internet and you definitely can't believe everything you read on on Reddit. I in the insurance forums I see definitely some people there commenting on stuff where I, they're clearly not first in the industry. <laughs> Very clearly. You are you are too right about that. As far as podcasts go, are you a podcast listener? Sometimes I am. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I listen to a lot of a lot of tech podcasts to kind of keep up with that okay. side of stuff. And then I, I listen to the New York Times podcast. I find some interesting stuff there. Yeah, that's one I know. The the Daily was kind of one of my, I haven't listened in a while, but that is one that really drew me into, I guess, more of the news side of podcasts. Yeah. Because how could you not with Michael Babara? He, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> he's the, the it, infamous, hmm, hmm, hmm. It tends to stress <laughs> me out. It's It's not usually feel good stuff. No, no, it's usually not feel good, but I I have to commend him for the, well, really him and his entire team. They handle a lot of those really conflicting and just, you know, anxiety inducing episodes with such grace. You know, they really mm-hmm. do a good job in their reporting of trying to be very thorough and handling some of those really sensitive topics with care. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could do that super hard hitting covering wars and stuff like yes. that. So, yes. Yeah. There's a there's a cool trend I've, I've been seeing with podcasting of you know very different than what we normally see but private podcasting. Okay. There, there are some services that allow you to kind of lock the feed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see this with like internal corporate, you know, large organizations that want to have a podcast to their team, you know, sales leaders to their their sales force. Or even just people within an industry who collaborate together, but really want to talk in more detail about things that maybe are, you know, less public. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to watch that emerge, that, that that there's podcasting was this, you know, amazing public free channel. But we're seeing more, at least I'm seeing more of these private podcast feeds that are yeah. kind of closed. 
Yeah, that's how I guess, you know, as an industry, you've made it because, you know, as soon as you take it from the public sphere of kind of, you know, everyone can participate and then you start limiting access. That's, you know, the man does it every time. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to our last question here, and this always gives me some interesting answers. But what is one question that you wish you would get asked during some of these interviews that you never do or the one thing that you want to be able to talk about that you just never managed to get to talk about in an interview? Well, the things I want to talk about, I tend to talk about, but I I feel like we need to pay more attention as an industry to the, the competition that we don't see. Okay. And I was talking a bit about consumer behavior change before and, and mm-hmm. how the way our customers buy has shifted. And I and I don't think that we as an industry have adapted fast enough to that. Okay. That, you know, the customer customer behavior has changed really fast in the past couple of years. And you look at Things like curbside pickup, where mm-hmm. it used to be if you went to, you know, went to a store and you took out your phone, they'd kick you out. So like no price shopping in here. Right. And now it's it's backward. People order things online, but then go to the store and pick up or they order online and go to the restaurant to get it. Or even they go to a restaurant and they pull out their phone to scan the, the QR code. And this yeah. idea of digital and online and offline have been just woven into our existence way yeah. more than we think about. So we're not adapting fast enough as an industry. Last year, there were $15.4 billion invested in insure tech startups. Mm-hmm. $15.4 billion, which is, I can't imagine how much money that is. And 10 years ago, insure tech, there was, there was a bunch of kind of cool novel stuff going on. There was like, we saw, you know, phone apps that would take a selfie and they would look at, you know, how many wrinkles you had and <laughs> the color of your hair and decide, you know, your physical age and underwrite you based on that. Or yeah. There were car insurance startups that were like, you know, you could track your location, do pay per mile. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was fun to see kind of innovation on the product side. Yeah. But now $15.4 billion, these these investors, they aren't messing around. And, yeah. and they need to see a return. They need to see this money pay off. And the only way to do that is to make sales. Yeah. That's you know, that's where the return is going to come from. And so more and more of this money is attacking the sales channel, attacking distribution. And going in to disrupt that process, knowing that most consumers start their shopping online, if InsureTech is there and agents are, no matter what consumers prefer, the agents are going to start losing those customers. Mm-hmm. And this is happening real time right now. We can't ignore it. What used to work, what got you to be successful from the past 5, 10, 20 years doesn't really matter anymore. Right. I hear people say, well, I don't need to advertise. I don't need it online. I don't need to market because I'm referral only. And we all love referrals. Referrals are the best. I love yeah. referrals. They're, They're great. The best. They're the best. But even referrals, the referral process has moved online. You know, yeah. if I, Sarah, if I recommended something to you, I said, you know, you should go, you know, talk to this person. You're going to go to Google and type in their name. Yeah. And you're going to find their information that way. Mm-hmm. And then you're also going to go look at their website and read their bio and make an assessment about them. You know, is this person professional? Do they have the background experience I need? Is this somebody I want to work with? Does it look like I'm going to get the kind of service I want from them? Google stalking is very real. (laughs) Yes. And we see that the second most visited page on our agents' websites is the About Us page. Yeah, I believe that. that. Customers, you know, your homepage is the busiest, and then your Mm -hmm. About Us is your second business because people want to check you out. They want to go see who you are, get a sense of what you are as a person before they talk to you. Right. So that's, I think, the thing we need to deal with is that 
if you're referral only, or if you've seen some way of getting success that wasn't online five years ago, it doesn't matter anymore. You, right. you have to get to it. We can't wait. We can't rest anymore. Right. And that's one thing that we talk about a lot as far as growth goes. You know, you you might know that you need to grow your business or you want to grow your business. You might not necessarily know how to go about doing that. Hmm. But talking with you guys, you know, if you don't have a website, that's an area you can grow. If you're not doing some of these marketing campaigns or you don't have a social strategy, that's an area that you can grow. And there are people who are obviously here to be able to help with those, all of those different goals or milestones that you really need to hit in your business. You just kind of have to reach out and say, hey, you know, over here, help me. I want to grow my business. So, well, I will ask you, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't covered? Anything that you would like to touch on that you think we, we missed or skipped over? You know, Agent Methods, we're here to help and we make it really, really easy. And so we're not going to require you to become a tech expert or to to do things that are outside of your comfort. Our team works with agents like you every day. And so, you know, I really believe this is stuff that we have to do. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, we're doing everything we can to help all the agents we work with find success. Great. Well, it has been great chatting with you today, Aaron. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do that, to reach out and start that conversation? Yeah, agentmethods.com. You can go right to our website. And the best thing to do always is there's a button right there on the homepage to schedule a meeting. And that takes you right to an online calendar. We we practice what we preach. And so we have a a scheduling calendar right there. You can go pick a time and set up a conversation with us and, and dive into your business, your background, the products that you sell, your market, and really kind of talk with you about things you can do to grow your sales today. I do also want to mention that we will have the links to the Agent Method site in our show notes. So be sure to check those out. You can get connected. You can get started with your own site prior to AEP. Aaron Casover from Agent Methods, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on this call today. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you. Thank you for having me, Sarah.